Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp. Joined by Field Jates and Mike Clay. We are really sorry for starting a little bit late. Mike. Yeah. Mike, stretch. I gotta stretch now. Yeah, you were doing. Uh, you look pretty like nice, like jacked today. Have you done something I, before? You the know show? what? I've been I've been slacking a little with the workouts and the mm. off season because yeah. I'm just so busy doing them punter projections and stuff. Oh, right. so yeah, you gotta sure. grind through. I don't have time mm. for all that uh, free time. But uh, yeah, so I. Right back here. So I got some space, did some push-ups. Yeah. Feeling a little good. So I got to stretch now. It's important to stretch after your workout. So I learned that. Uh, how about before workouts? Important yeah, absolutely. Important. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Do a little little cardio. Like to do like jumping jacks and stuff. Stretch out a little. Nice. That's important. Okay. That's important. That nice. is very important. Really excited to be here with you guys on a Wednesday. Whoa. This yeah, is our are. normal Wednesday crew. Going to dive into a bunch of fun rankings conversation. Woo. Can you believe it's week 10 already? No, I can't. Unreal. I mean, we're two weeks from Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's almost here. One of the great holidays of all time. I love. We should do a thank. We should do a two sort of different rankings. One would be a holidays ranking, and oh, two yes. would be the best sides at, at Thanksgiving rankings. I really think we should carve out. Uh, maybe <laughs> on the way. <laughs> you did it. I see what you did there. Did we should carve out. <laughs> that was definitely on purpose, guys. I knew what yeah, I was doing. Totally. Yeah, of course you did. Just yeah. nailed that joke. Uh, carve out like a time just to rank stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wonder oh, if the hey. people would like that. Just rank it. Yeah, let's just rank some That actually could be a good off-season fantasy focus sort of series, yes, right? Just, like, just rank stuff. We're here to rank. People like rankings yeah. chatter. We're going to do that right now, Dan. Yes, we're going to we rank are. stuff. Yeah, once in a while, it could be fantasy-related, football-related. Sometimes it's goofy stuff. You yeah, know? I mean, Maybe mostly goofy stuff, but this is the off-season. This is not exactly. when people are expecting that kind of content. Let's try it out in two weeks. Thanksgiving show. <laughs> yeah, let's just try it out. Stuff. We'll try right. Like our favorite Thanksgiving sides or desserts. That's not important for people as we're getting forward to Yes, it is. I'll take Two yeah. minutes, okay? Okay. People, people are always on my timeline, like more personal stuff, more. less football. That's that what is, I see all the time. My timeline is just like that. Please talk more about yourselves and less about football. That's always, exactly. right. so, as, as I said recently, why do you guys get this kind of stuff? Meanwhile, I'm getting offers on like crypto and Dogecoin. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah, my account is just like, hey, if the first five people who comment on this reply with uh, you know the emoji for a crystal eight ball, I will give them ten thousand crypto bitcoins. I get those, and the ones that, that are the ones that are blurred out. You have to press the button, open yeah, up. Oh, that's those, those are the ones yeah, you like, don't want. Uh, yeah. Don't don't. I, I never click the them. Button. I would never do that. Never would never do that. I would never click those. All right. Like we said, we're going to do a bunch of rankings today, but very first, a little bit of news for the Los Angeles Rams. Let's go. Curveball. Who had this one on their bingo card? I did not. So in case you're wondering what we're talking about, Carson Wentz signs with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Rams have a buy here in week 10 as a part of this. They also released Brett Rippon after how bad it has been. Unfortunately, is this my fault? I don't. I don't want to say it's your fault but because you were ripping them. On Monday, always. I was like, "Is it not surprised you guys that teams don't have a more sensible backup yeah. quarterback plan?" And then twenty-four to forty-eight hours later, Carson Wentz is now a Los Angeles Ram. That's right. Uh-huh. This is actually sneaky important, by the way. Not with with respect to Carson Wentz, he's going to be the backup. So I guess if Matthew Stafford's thumb either gets worse mm-hmm. or he's not ready in week eleven, then maybe it does have some value for Carson it's Wentz. Important to the guys that we care about. That's right. right. It's important to Cooper Cup and Puka mm-hmm. Nakua yeah, because exactly. if something happens to Matthew Stafford, even if Carson Wentz is not on our starting quarterback radar, he at least gives us a bit more optimism. Not that Carson Wentz has been good over the past couple of seasons, but if you watch Brett Rippon on Saturday, you know why I'm excited about Carson Wentz. And it's also one more part of this that I think is important. It's not just if Matthew Stafford goes down, you have a more respectable backup quarterback. But to me, this signals that the Rams, even at three and six, 
have little intention at any point this season, maybe week 18, but they do not plan to just like let this year get Mm -hmm. by them, right? Like whether that's the best strategy or not, as it pertains to like draft (laughs) equity and things like that, we can debate that on a different podcast, but the Rams want to be as competitive as their talent will allow them for the rest of this season, which I think was re-emphasized by signing Carson Wentz. If they didn't care about being competitive, they would have continued with a dresser win as the <laughs> practice squad third string quarterback yep. and Brett Ripon as a backup quarterback. Yeah. yeah, good name, by the way. But uh, yeah, I saw some of the initial social media reaction was like, oh no, like Stafford's thumb must be worse. And my thought was, not necessarily like they saw Brett Rippon play right, this they week and like they cannot exactly. win games. Exactly. Like exactly. you need a, what's the point of having a backup quarterback? If you, if he goes in here, like it's over, like you just have, Correct. you have to at least give yourself some sort of chance. I think that's clearly what they did here with Carson I Wentz. I think, and I could be very wrong here. I think there's a chance that Carson Wentz is also spending a decent amount of his time in Los Angeles these days. So mm. this is one of those that just kind of like came together fairly easily. I'd imagine once the Rams decided they needed to find a better backup quarterback. So Good for Carson Wentz. Good for the Rams. As uh, Shefty noted, he, of course, reported this. Like, this is kind of a full circle moment, right? Yeah. The Rams trade up. They get Jared Goff. Carson Wentz goes number two in the Mm -hmm. 2016 draft. The Rams eventually trade Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford gets hurt. It reminds them they need a better backup quarterback, and they end up taking Carson Wentz off the street and making him their number two quarterback. Mm -hmm. Football is a funny game in that way. I feel like that was just like the Charlie moment where you had all the strings across the board. (laughs) And this led to this, and then this happened because of it. That was a very good field. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's dive. By the way, just a reminder, week 10, Rams are on a buy, so you're not going to be using any of your Rams, but Ginger Jesus will be available for us in week 11. Yeah, trash ball legend. And uh, we we do expect Stafford back. We do. So you don't yep. need to add wins, right? Like he's yeah. not even going to be a QB two. Most right. likely we'll keep an eye on that to make sure he does have a setback. But for now, Wentz should only be rostered in nowhere. Three quarterbacks. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. 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 he should be rostered in Carson Wentz's family league. That's yeah. Right. That's 16 right. team super yes. flex leagues. Yeah. 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 All right, let's dive in, talk about a bunch of rankings. Each of us are going to bring a couple of players to the table, and we're yeah. just going to sort of dive in on this field. You want it, for whatever reason, to talk yeah. about my Detroit Lions running back. So what makes you love them this week, Field Will Jake? things change now that Jameer mm-hmm. Gibbs has played so well in the absence of David Montgomery? He had a week as the highest scoring running back in all of fantasy. He has been a top 10 running back with David Montgomery off the field. When he's on the field, though, it's been a much different story up to this point. Here are the snap counts by game for Jameer Gibbs in the games in which David Montgomery was also available. Okay. 27%, 48%, 37%, a total of 35 touches, so about 12 a game, zero touchdowns. That's a lot different than what has been with David Montgomery off the field. Yep. Meanwhile, David Montgomery in those exact same games played 79% of the snaps, 45% of the snaps, and 71% of the snaps. And how about this number in terms of total number of touches? 72 with five touchdowns. So double the number of touches per game and a five to zero touchdown edge for David Montgomery as opposed to Jameer Gibbs. Of course, most of that's going towards the goal line, right, where David Montgomery is a superior option given his size and his power. I wonder, though, does this normalize and equalize a little bit because of the way that Jameer Gibbs has played mm-hmm. over the past few weeks and the idea that maybe Detroit realized 
they might have been giving Monty just a little bit too much work, right? That might have contributed to how he has been or why he has been injured over the past few weeks. That's reflected in my rankings as the gap is only five spots. I've got David Montgomery as RB16, Jameer Gibbs as RB21, and that's pretty close to where you guys have him, except for the fact that Daniel is all in on both of these running backs. I got him as two top 15 guys this week, in part because I think I've seen the way that they've unlocked Jameer Gibbs. It's going to be tough to put that genie back in the bottle. I think part of what we saw with Jameer was trying to get his feet underneath him with David Montgomery. They realized that he wasn't quite there yet as a young kid coming out of college watching a lot of those Lions games. Jameer wanted to do a lot of bouncing outside, I felt like, in that first couple of games. Mm. Last, without David Montgomery, he's settled in and become the running back that I think everyone thought Bajan Robinson was going to be. And so now we're at a spot where you've got a couple of guys. I like both of them as starters, at least both of them as RB2s here in Week 10. Yeah, I think both should be started. I'm a little lower on Gibbs at 22, pretty almost identical to where you are field. Uh, but I think it's not a lock. I think Gibbs is going to be somewhat dependent on if the game script or game plan allows them to throw to the running back position because uh, that could hurt him a lot because they still think Montgomery is going to be the clear yep. linebacker, the yeah. clear primary runner here. I mean, Gibbs difference in fantasy points per game goes from 22.2 to 9.9 when Montgomery's on the field. It's been three games each. So uh, I still have... Uh, some concerns here. Gibbs could just be kind of a dud, and and, and uh, that's why I'm ranked. That's what? why I'm at 22. Low, lowest. No, you, he, I don't think he's crazy. From a fantasy perspective. I don't think he's crazy. Yeah. I test. I, the, the eye test to me is like the it's Jameer cr- Gibbs you're talking about with David Montgomery is totally different than the Jameer Gibbs and the confidence that we saw each of the last couple So that's weeks. what we're going to find out, though, is like how much of these past three weeks matter. Do they matter enough right. that Jameer Gibbs goes from being not startable to startable with David Montgomery? If Montgomery plays, he's startable. Yes. I just can't imagine a way in which they're going to play David Montgomery and say, here's 12 carries for this game, right? It's going to be closer to 20 in most games. Yep. The question is, is Jameer Gibbs still going to find room for six to 10 carries and maybe five to seven targets? If he does, that's going to be pretty close to usable for Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, then the genie can go back in the bottle, as you just referenced, and all of a sudden it'll be the David Montgomery show once again, and Jameer Gibbs will be a player that's better in real life than he is in fantasy. Yeah, we've seen this before where the backup comes in and is really good, and I know it's high pedigree here with Jameer Gibbs. I totally get that. We've seen this before. Zeke Elliott last year. Yeah. He misses a game. Tony Pollard comes in as the RB1. What Mm -hmm. happens? Right back to a split. Two years ago, Javante Williams has one week in which mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon's out. He was the highest scoring running back in all of fantasy. What happens the next week? Right back to Melvin Gordon being kind of the leader in that backfield. Was it, it wasn't last year, the year before Alex Madison. Dalvin Cook missed four games or none were consecutive. Alex Madison was the number one scoring running back those yep. four weeks, but he always just went right back to right the backup, backup. Yep. no matter how good he played. So we've seen it before, but then again, they do have some concerns at receiver. So he should be on the field quite a bit. Should, yeah. Both of them together. You don't see that a lot, but there'll be enough there, I think, to keep Gibbs at least in the flex conversation. And I have him as a fringe uh, running back too. Lions running backs averaging the third most fantasy points per game in the NFL this year. So step back from last year. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they, right? they, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. they were right up there. All right, let's move ahead. Talk about a guy that you want to talk about. What do you like or dislike about James Cook this yeah, week? Yeah, just raising some red flags here. I think there's some concerns with James Cook that we should talk about uh, because, you know, he has been effective this year. He's eighth in yards among running backs, but 17th in touches. The usage has not necessarily been there. Only six carries last week. He's now, believe it or not, 19th in carries among running backs and 21st in targets. So not type top 18 in either of those categories. And that's what we expect from, you know, we expect better from a fringe RB two under nine fantasy points in four of his last five games. His best finish is eighth. So he's lacking some upside there as well. Only two carries inside the five. 
a lot of concerns here with James Cook. He's just not getting enough work. They signed Leonard Fournette to the practice squad. Does he get uh, called up Saturday night and join this club and, and Ooh, has a role? Yeah. I mean, it just continues to go the wrong direction. So I like Cook as a player. He's been effective, but we've seen this before. We thought Devin Singletary was a really good player, and he can never carve out a consistent role. Just randomly, he would play like 80% of the snaps, and then he would be relegated again. So uh, I just think it's something to keep in mind there. I worry about Cook's upside. And here's a question. Is this a good matchup? Denver? Ooh, I don't Most know. Most fantasy points allowed to running backs, but which Denver off or defense are we going to get here? Do we have like the pre-slash-post-Miami game, or I guess like post-Miami game splits? Yeah, I, di- I didn't split it up, but I mean, the defense has definitely been substantially better They've the last few games. They've been what we kind of thought they would be, yeah. right? Like yeah. maybe being one of the best defenses in the NFL for portions of last season was like too um, dominant, but like they definitely aren't a bottom five defense in the NFL. They've got plenty of blue chip talent on that side of the ball. And uh, yeah, like maybe this is, are we at the point now where we're what five or six years into Josh Allen's career where it's like, unless the bills somehow have a top five pick and take a Bajan Robinson, that's a bad example, actually. <laughs> uh, they would use, but hopefully, Bajan a little yeah, like better. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. A Josh Allen offense doesn't like, there's feel just like it. Too much Josh Allen at the goal line. Too much Josh Allen as a runner. Mm-hmm. Is he kind of like the anti Rashad White in that, like, he's super efficient yeah. when he gets the ball. He just rarely gets the ball. Whereas it's Rashad White is thriving off of volume right mm-hmm. now. And by the way, we talked about that role yesterday. Like, he deserves a ton of credit for fantasy purposes because he's a very usable piece right now. Yep. James Cook's pretty maddening, though. He's, it's mm-hmm. so frustrating because when you watch James Cook run, they put the ball in his hands, and it's like the dude is fast. He's explosive. He's got quickness. Like He does so many things well. But you said it, Mike, and that's what I wanted to say coming into this. What's the ceiling right now on James Cook? He's not getting an, enough yeah. passing game usage. Yeah. He's got a little bit, but, but not enough. He's not the goal line guy. He's basically living between the 20s in an offense that's run by Josh Allen and all the things that, like, no matter how good he is, it just feels like a lot of this is set up against him. So you can't go too far down this list because he's still so talented. That's why I also have him as a top 20 running back, but I don't feel good about it. That's why he's a low-end RB2, and I've lowered my expectations on James Cook. Yeah, he's kind of like, it's he's kind of in a category of like a running, like a number two running back on a team that's like startable in fantasy mm. as opposed to like a number one. Right. right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's one of the best not offenses not in the league. Fo- he's yeah. like yeah, recent Zach like, Moss until last weekend, basically. Yeah, like yeah. He, yeah, exactly. Or like Jameer Gibbs almost like the number two. Sure. In yeah. <laughs> that's what he feels like. He doesn't feel like that number one that's going to get all this volume and can have a top five week. He just doesn't. He's one of those it. guys I want to be on a different roster because I just see him be, he looks so explosive when he gets the he ball in his player. hands. If he yeah. could just get more touches, I wonder what he'd look yeah, like. It's, a, it's interesting though, because the knock on him coming in was, you know, is he going to be a feature back? Cause he's what? 195, something yeah, like that. Very so, good in the passing game, but gen- yeah. yeah, if you're under 200, it's generally hard to carve out a 20 touch sort of game role. And maybe that's sort of what we're seeing here, but you know, and, and the far, the interesting part is that like, well, I don't think that the bills offense is the issue right now. I think the defense is probably, um, you know, sort of leaving more questions to be asked. Mm-hmm. Um, they're five and four where like you can start to pinpoint some stuff. Like, I mean, people were asking whether there's any, there's going to, there's going to be any changes to the offensive coordinator spot in Buffalo as recently as Monday morning. Uh, there is going to be none according to Sean McDermott, but it's not like things are going great right now for Buffalo on offense. Daniel, you want to talk about Devonte Adams who has become kind of your favorite player to talk about for all the wrong reasons in recent weeks. Yeah. I hate this. None of this is about Devonte Adams for me, but I want to, I kind of want to call you guys out and ask you some crazy questions. 
No, go for it's, it. Yeah. It's more Mike than it is you, Field, because he uh, does our projections here. But No, I mean, Mike has him. We're only one spot apart, Mike. And I've had him as wide receiver 21. You're at 20, Mike. Yeah, right. you're at 26. I'm at 26. Okay. I still think I'm a little too high on him. And here's part of the reason why. God, you know how bad that line. feels? I was outside the top 20 on Devontae Adams last week. And by the way, it was right. It was the right mm-hmm. call, unfortunately. It, was, yeah. it sucks. Here's what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. They're taking on the Jets. Yeah. The Jets are really good. They are. We have Devontae Adams as a top 25 wide receiver, and the actual productive Raiders wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, yeah. is outside the top 35. I've seen Devontae Adams be wide receiver 64 over the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't understand where the excitement or the, like, is this just a, because he's Devontae Adams, even though the team isn't using him, we just have to keep putting a superstar up there? Maybe. Because I don't, offer a couple of glimmers of hope, maybe. No, but you can try. Okay, I'll <laughs> you, try. You can try. All right, so if you're looking for a couple of glimmers of hope here, in the two games that Aiden O'Connell is his quarterback, yep, he has 21 targets. Yes, That's 10.5 per game. That's pretty good, right there. Which is, by the way, way more than Jacoby Myers has. Yes, it is. Way, way more. more. So he has the clear edge over Jacoby Myers in those games. Moreover, and the Jets' defense is truly and outstandingly dominant, but. The Jets defense, and Mike can attest to this, is one of the zone heaviest defenses in the NFL. It's part of the reason why Mike will always mention the Jets cornerbacks and wide receiver uh, cornerback matchups, but will never be like, yeah, Sauce Gardner is going to shadow Devon Dead. Right. It's not going to yeah. happen. That might give a little bit of that. That might open the door just a tiny bit for Devontae Adams. I think what's happening at time. I'm trying to look for glimmers. I hope I know you are. Uh, But when a quarterback sees a wide receiver in man to man coverage, it might automatically instinctively sort of move that quarterback away from whatever portion of the read that wide receiver was mm-hmm. to the next portion of the read. Hey, if wide, if the first read is Devonte Adams, but he's being locked up by pick your random, very yeah. good cornerback. Pat Sertan or something, yeah, yeah. Pat Sertan. Okay, fine. Let's move off of him and go to Michael Mayer or Jacoby Myers or whoever it is, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. As we saw this past Monday night, now Justin Herbert's a way better player than Aiden O'Connell and Keenan Allen like Devonte Adams is a superstar, but the passing game was largely kept in check, except for Keenan Allen. Correct. So there's going to be maybe some opportunities here. I don't expect a 12 for 143 in a touchdown type game for Devontae Adams. What I'm pinpointing is like, can we get seven for 85 for Devontae Adams this weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday night, yes. Yeah, Thoughts? so yeah, uh, just to piggyback on that, there's been four decent to really good games against the Jets so far from yep. receivers. You just mentioned Keenan Allen, yep. Savon Diggs, yep. mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown. Yeah. I would say Devontae Adams fits that category for sure. Uh, He had, look, his target shares the last three games, 27%, 33%, and this most recent game, 29%. Remember, this was a rare game for the Raiders. They were winning comfortably the whole game. They did not have to throw the ball, and that's why, what, Josh Jacobs had like 28 carries or something in the game. So uh, they're going to have to throw more in this one. So that's what doesn't make sense to me. So when you say that, like, they didn't have to throw the ball a lot, but then we're going to hinge on the fact that he had a 29% target share, that number is infallibly wrong. Like, I get it that it's a 29% target share, but but if it's only 15 passes. look forward, though. Like going forward, they're going to be behind more often. So uh, if he continues to see this 10 and a half targets a game from Aiden O'Connell, he's going to have better games. Behind like they have been the last three of the last four weeks where they've utilized him to the tune of wide receiver well, that 64. Was Jim, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, previous coaching staff. It was a mess. I, I, I'm more confident. Like, so now, and again, I have him 20th. This is a guy we rank like fourth right. usually. Yeah, we've, we've given me the discount because yeah, I just, I mean, if yeah. you look at the players that are also going to be ranked around like 20th to 25th, and if, and I have to pull them up right now, I apologize that I didn't think of this in advance, but it's like, if one of those guys has like a top three wide receiver week, you'd be like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. If Devonte Adams has that back to the, you know, the emotion stuff you talk about Absolutely. a lot, Daniel, you'd be like, 
It's about damn time. All right. And this could know. be, and you mentioned this. I like, I want to totally say this. This could be the trap game because it's against the Jets and he's been so bad for four games. And it's like, all right, well, now I'm finally out on him because I want to see Isn't it. Isn't like the law of do, do? Like at some point, like, he's just do. Can we make this happen? Well, you're, you are due and it will pay off if you can uh, continue to see volume, like yeah. expected touchdowns and your favorite word of the week, air yards. That's true. Favorite term I, of the week. It, it'll, it'll turn into something. I don't, yeah. I just don't, I don't want to poo poo your doo doo field, but I'm not right. sure that I am on the <laughs> same boat as you with this one. I, you know I'm, what? Let's have some fun here. Thank you. Reckless decision. This is right all here that I then. wanted. That's but why I brought you this up. Okay, yes, that's right. why I did this. All right. So I'm Thank at 21. You. You're at 26. Split the difference to be 23 and a half. So if he's top 23, I win. Top and outside the top, and then 24 below you win. I'll make it better. I say Jacoby Myers scores more fantasy points this week against the Jets than Devonte Adams, who you have ranked 15 spots you Myers higher. ahead. I do not know. I mean, we can do that, or we can do the run. Whatever you prefer, your choice. I don't care. I don't. I. If you want to do Devontae Adams, we can do it. I think part of this for me so is you, the idea you that, want this badly. So I'll take either bet. I'll either yeah, take, take Devontae Adams as a top twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, how about Mike gets one? I get the I other. Want both. Yeah, there we go. All okay. right. So All right. Do you want, Which one do you want, Mike? You want the head I of Jacoby Myers? Uh, yeah, I'll take head of Jacoby Okay, Myers. I'll take top twenty three. So you go first. Go ahead, Mike. I'm going first here. Yeah. Okay. I think that in week ten, Devontae Adams will outscore Jacoby Myers. I think in week ten, Jacoby Myers outscores Devontae Adams All right. again. All right, here we go. Put it on the, the board. board. Sorry, I didn't know if I was supposed to wait for field or not. <laughs> Nailed that one. Okay. Uh, wow, that was bad. All right, uh, was bad. Devont- I'd say, and I say, Devontae Adams will be a top 23 scoring wide receiver in week 10. I say Devontae Adams will not be a top 23 wide receiver in week 10. All at the same time? Put it on, on the board. board. Nailed Gosh. the landing, man. I hope I am wrong. Yeah. Guys, I want to be wrong about this. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just been so frustrating. And because of the fact that we haven't seen this new coaching staff very much, other than a very nice win in which he didn't have to get used because of Josh uh, Jacobs. We're going to hope that maybe here. we get some more I'm here. Keeping the yeah, faith here. Yeah. Keeping right. the faith. Uh, and you know what? I mean, you think his four catches last week were bad. That's four more, uh, three more three than more Zay Flowers than had. Mike. What's right. going on there? Oh, yeah. Now this is one of those really interesting ones where every week it's, it's kind of like J- Zay Flowers came out, had the good week, good week one. Yep. His target share has been good for a while. Yep. And you're just, he was like an easy guy to rank. You yeah. just got to throw him in there. You know, Odell's out again, whatever. You just file him in there. He's been way worse than I realized. Yeah. And it, I had to do some serious evaluation on his uh, ranking this week. So this is the lowest he's been probably since week one. Uh, nine catches, 78 yards, and 17.7 fantasy points in week one. He has not matched any of those numbers in any game after that point. One touchdown in the season. That was week six. His targets have progressively been going down over the last month. One target last week, six or fewer mm-hmm. in three straight. He has zero top 12 fantasy weeks. When these teams played earlier this season, this is a rematch with the Browns. He had 56 yards in that game. And Browns, by the way, really good against receivers. Second fewest Second fantasy fewest. points allowed this season. Behind so, only? The Jets. Yeah, and the Jets, of course, yeah. So uh, not going the right way, and they're trying to get Odell's healthy now, and they're trying to work him in. He had a better game last that week. That looks you concerted. Mark Andrews. What? The Odell Beckham Jr. involvement looks concerted to me. Yeah. Like, that yeah. thing they've realized, like, while... I, we can talk about this in a later date, but like the most important thing about signing Odell Beckham Jr. was it got Lamar Jackson to sign that five-year mm, extension. Correct. Yeah. So the, the Bravens did not blow $15 million on OBJ. They blew $15 million on OBJ mm-hmm. plus Lamar Jackson, which is a very worthwhile investment. But after a really slow start to the season, I think they're trying to get OBJ involved. Like, yeah, I and they're too. good enough, by the way, that they can do this kind of things. They can mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, take some liberties and involve yes. players because they're seven and two. Yeah, and they're also rotating in Rashad Bateman, and they're, they, Nelson Aguilar is playing well enough. He's being rotated, yeah. and they're kind of using four guys. So, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. Sometimes you just ca- kind of catch up on a player a little bit, uh, and 
it just I was like, you know what? I'm, the projection's too high here. Like I need to look yeah. into his recent usage as opposed to his usage for the whole season. So he's down. This is again, this is the lowest he's been in a while, and uh, he just has not been productive. A lot, you for like a lot him of almost as much as Devonte Adams this week, Daniel. I do. I, I think I'm a little too high in him. I, I agree with everything that Mike's saying because you look at the last couple weeks and and what you've seen, especially against the Browns defense. Yeah. Like I don't feel super great about it. Yeah. However. How many times has Zay Flowers seen double-digit targets this year? I'm going to go with once. Twice? Three times. Oh. Three times. Okay. How yeah, many times like has Devontae Adams seen double-digit targets this year? Oh, three five, times. Three? Yeah. Uh, all I'm saying is that this is another one of those situations where it's like, I, I see the superstar that is Devontae Adams, and yet there are times, and I don't think it's with Zay Flowers taking on, this is not the matchup, but like mm-hmm. there are times where it's like, I liked being able to say, take some of these other guys I think are getting more involved in their offense. So part mm-hmm. of this is, is just the volume. So both of them have had three games with double-digit targets. Adams is 20th in fantasy points oh, per game. Yeah, totally. Flowers is 44th in 44th. fantasy points per game. He just has not been uh, What has Adams been in the last four weeks? Do you know? Better what? than Zay Flowers. Yeah, better, better than Zay Flowers. <laughs> okay, you're right. Yeah. That's fair. That's uh, fair. DJ Moore was you, Mike? Was no, you? DJ Moore was me. Okay, right back to you then, Daniel. What are your thoughts on DJ Moore? I'm out on DJ Moore. Out. Just right, like really? life? Justin Fields expected back. You're so out. So it depends. If Justin Fields is going to be back, I'll feel a little bit better. But you okay. I have him projected, right? We do you do have him projected. Yeah, uh, I mean. it's, it's Put it this way. There have been enough breadcrumbs that suggest to me that Justin Fields will play. The good news is we'll have a full preview of the game tomorrow, and yes, the Bears have to announce something today in terms of Justin Fields' game status for Thursday night. The Bears are wearing their orange helmets and uniforms. Does that impact your DJ Moore th- <laughs> rankings at all? You know what? It should. It doesn't. But okay. if I see that, it might actually bump him up a little bit oh, for me. Here's good. what I got. Okay. First three weeks of the season, DJ Moore was wide receiver 43. Okay. With Justin Fields, yes. Then in four and five, weeks four and five, he crushed it. He was wide receiver one, averaging 38 fantasy points per game in just weeks four and five. Also, yeah. I mean, of course, there was that 49 point effort, which certainly helped. But he was good the following But week having about. that upside, too, is, I mean, remember, that offense started off so poorly. Yeah. No, and I then, know. Wide receiver 43. They yeah. were very poor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they were. And then Justin yeah. Fields got hurt in week six. Yep. So we're throwing that one out. That yep. one doesn't okay. count for DJ Moore. Last couple of weeks, since then. No fields. There has been no fields. Yeah. And he is wide receiver 48, mm-hmm. averaging 9.8. So wait a second. So there's been two two weeks yeah. in which he has been usable in fantasy. And now we're talking about getting Justin Fields back. Short week doesn't really matter because he doesn't play to me, right? Right. He's the highest scoring player in Thursday Night Football this year. Is yeah, he really? He sure is. Yeah, he that's is. funny. He has I mean, to be, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, has anyone played? 48 points. The teams points. only play one game, right? Uh, a couple Thursday of them have played two. They have? The Chiefs so have far? played two. Oh, okay. This will be the second Bears still, one. Yeah. There have been... Uh, would, would I mean, it would, take, it would take a Chiefs receiver like eight Thursday night games to catch up to DJ you, Moore's one game. You'd be kind right now, <laughs> but you're correct. He has only had two weeks that I feel like he has been the guy that you would hope that he would be, weeks four and five. And other than that, it's been pretty disappointing. So yeah. if Justin Fields is under center, definitely a lot more. I feel better about it. But if there's any semblance of Tyson Bajant being out there at all, I'm totally out on DJ Moore. Oh, yeah. I will move him down in my rankings closer to where you are now if Bajant starts. Because you're right. It's been a struggle. 9.4 fantasy points per game, 51 yards per game with Bajant, as opposed to the 20 per game and 97 yards per game with Justin Fields. But again, I'm ranking as if Fields plays in this game. And I feel like it took him a couple weeks to get going. And then the offense was heating up with Fields and Moore and Komet. And then he got hurt. And then, uh, of course, Fields got hurt. And yep. it kind of fell apart. But, uh, by the way, Panthers have not allowed a lot of production to receivers. You don't it's need been to. very volume. Yeah, the second fewest receiver targets face. They've allowed the seventh uh, highest yards per target. So the efficiency has not been good. They're dealing with injuries in the secondary. So I think it's a fine matchup for more. What a fascinating game tomorrow night. And I, I don't mean, like, I don't think it's going to be the most compelling to watch. 
But the idea that the Panthers Drafted. traded their first overall, their first round pick to the Bears and the Bears win, it would help their cause in, I guess, at least one very certain way because the Panthers pick would stay at worst number two. two. It could yeah. be all the way to number one if the Cardinals lose. But it's like the Bears, like it would inflate the value, or because it would, I guess, it would decrease the value of their own pick because they would be further away from number one. Fascinating dynamic, anyways. Yeah, the I top digress. ten this year looks like it's going to be really fascinating with how it works out for these quarterbacks. Because if you look at the projected teams, it's like. They all need, they all need, or very well could need a quarterback, including Chicago, who we, we're not sure yet. We you don't know, know. We'll see how it yeah. plays out. They ah, could be sure in the market know. too. I don't, and then we can wrap up and move on this. I understand we talk about like Justin Fields. We started to see this uptick in this Bears offense. The problem for me was it was just two weeks. Like we, and it was a it was a yeah. weird way that we saw Justin Fields get there. Four passing touchdowns in each of those two games is different than what we've seen from Justin Fields. So if this was one of those things where for me. As somebody that loves Justin Fields, I've loved him because he utilizes his legs and we want to see him throw more. Yeah. But two games this season, unfortunately, hasn't been enough for me to feel like I can trust it going forward. But there is hope because it means it's in his arsenal. It's yeah. just, can yeah. he continue to do it now that he's coming back? This is the part where I want to see it before I'm out there trusting it more often than not. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, okay? but you're, you're right. also said you're ranking as if it's Bajan, right? So yes, it, I'm, a, I'm so assuming. So we're not that far off. Like where you and I are assuming Fields, you're assuming Bajan. Yeah. Like I, I think we're, we're pretty probably close, in the same so. area there. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That is fair, Field Sheets. Uh, you want to talk about Michael Pittman? We've yeah. been arguing about these other wide receivers. What do you like about Michael Pittman? Michael Jr. I actually like don't him. know that we're arguing a whole lot about Michael Pittman Jr. We have him inside our top 15. All of us have him actually as a top 12 wide receiver yeah, for we week 10. There was a time in which you thought when a team was playing the Patriots, hey, they're going to take away that team's number one option. And assuming Josh Downs is out, uh, their head coach Shane Steichen was very noncommittal this morning when he was asked about a variety of different injured players. We'll have potential clarity on Josh Downs, but maybe like as soon as Thursday night when the team leaves for Germany, because if he doesn't go, they'll tell you, hey, he's downgraded to out. I have him not ranked right now. I have him. Mike has him not projected. I have him not ranked as a result of that. Uh, but this Patriots defense, not your father's Patriots defense no, this year. They cannot figure out cornerback. Once Christian Gonzalez went down, everything kind of like mm-hmm. fell apart in that secondary. Maybe he deserves, maybe he gets like, he deserves like a token fifth placed defensive rookie of the year vote, even though he played like three games. Three, yeah. um, but the Patriots have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season. Wow. Have they faced some excellent receivers? They sure have, right? They've faced Tyree kill twice and Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown and some of the very best in the NFL, but they have not been able to slow down those players in the way in which they have in prior seasons. So you multiply the fact that Michael Pittman's already seen a heavy target share. He's number eight in the NFL in total targets. Mm-hmm. There might not be any Josh downs this Patriots defense, which will not have JC Jackson on Sunday. He's not going to travel with them. Sounds like, not exactly disciplinary reasons, but more like accountability reasons. This Patriots defense, kind of a shell of itself right now, could be a very useful day for Michael Pittman on Sunday morning in Germany. Guten Tag. I don't yeah. know what that means, but uh, I think it's German, right? Yes. Sure. Sounds good to me. I don't know any. I, I think it anything. means sure. Sounds good to me. That's what Guten Tag means. Guten Tag. Yeah, yes. That's exactly right. Yes. But, you know, and just to round it out, like uh, this is a player that coming into the season, we had some, there were some questions just in terms of like the guilty. Okay. Well, I mean, but still, Mike, I mean, everybody had some questions yeah. about Anthony Richardson as a thrower. Um, and frankly, it's been better with uh, Gardner Minshew. He's got 40 targets as Michael Pittman in four full games with Minshew. Michael under Pittman center. is this year's version of what DK Metcalf was last year. Interesting. He's the guy that no one wanted to draft because we were afraid of that quarterback situation. DK fell to like the low 20s. Kinda, yeah. yeah. I, I was more concerned about the volume of the offense, but yeah. a lot, it's been Agreed. different because instead of Richardson and all them carries and potentially like 10 quarterback carries a game, we're getting like 
two or three generally from Gardner Minshew. Also, uh, one of the fastest paces to offenses in I the know. NFL. They're, They're moving it. So, right now. Um, yeah. I just underestimated two things, uh, what the offense would look like. Obviously, I couldn't account for the quarterback situation. That, that is what it is. Um, but also just Pittman's really good. And they decided, look, we're going to manufacture a huge target share for him. We might not even, when we don't throw it a ton, it doesn't matter. We're still going to get him a huge target share. So do you care uh, about red zone targets or no? Not red zone. You care uh, about I think every zone, target obviously. should be wasted. I don't like that. We, I don't like that. We value like, I'll just, you know, you could use it for runs or passes, but like a carry from the, or carry or a screen from, from the, the 19 yard, yard line, line yeah, as yard opposed line. to from yeah. the one is a massive difference. Okay. The difference between the 19 and the 50 isn't that much different in terms of touchdown rate. Yeah. From the one versus the five even is a much larger gap. That's so, fair. So anyway. if you did, I would just tell you that he is second is Michael Pittman Jr. in percentage of teams red zone targets this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you don't, then I would He's, just not yeah. say that out loud. Down He's, in the scoring area of the field, they're at least yeah. looking towards. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And also just good for PPR because they're manufacturing short range touches for him. That's yes, been the offense are. so far running a lot of plays. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's he had two duds in there, but otherwise he's had 13 plus in seven of nine games. He's uh, been really, really good. I got a question that has nothing to do with fantasy field Jates, and I'm going to ask you this. Well, this is funny. Uh, maybe I'll do this during the break or break here. Uh, Greeny's producer, Bubba, just texted me. He just called me. Then he texted me. Hey, we've got a question with Greeny. If you can call into the show real quick. <laughs> Shut up. You just do That's that. So we'll, just here. we'll get through one more player. I'll, I'll, get, hey, I'll call you. I'll, I'll tell him. I'll call you in, in a few I'll, minutes. I'll call you in a few uh, minutes. I'll call you right on the show. That's yeah, why not? So in a few and take a break from our show. How about All right, that? Field, okay. I'm going to ask you this question real quick. I want to know. And this is a little bit sensationalizing, but we've okay. we've seen some coaching moves. We've yeah. seen some teams not doing well. Patriots are two and seven. Yeah. Is there any like Bill Belichick hot seat situation potentially going on? Or is uh, the, we, it, I, at some point, if something comes to a head, we should have a thorough conversation. I think Mike and I tend to be on the same side of this year. If the Patriots were to fire Bill Belichick in the middle of the season, to me, it would be one of the most disrespectful, egregious decisions in the history of 100%. professional football. Listen, you can say whatever you want about this year's team, but this is the greatest, most accomplished head coach in the history of of professional football. And if you want to tell me it was all Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. Go back and watch what the early Patriots look like. Go back and look what the Patriots look like in the last Super Bowl against the freaking Rams. Mm -hmm. They scored one touchdown. The best show in the NFL got shut down. But the three points. So it would be, it's not going to happen. If it does, I'd be completely stunned. But uh, it would be one of the most disrespectful things in professional football and I history. Don't, I don't think they would do that, right? No, I don't, I get don't that either. Impre- That's I don't why I'm just asking. Like, but yes, yeah. two and seven is just a tough record and it's been a... It's of bad. course it is. I think you know if what, they, like, yeah, if they, if they make a change, it, I think it would be in the offseason very respectfully. We've seen that before yeah, with like Jason like, Garrett. Andy Reid got fired at, at, at yeah, you know, yeah, like, And by the way, was he a bad coach? No, it just like sometimes things come to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's hard to carry a voice for a long time and he's been probably about I don't know what what's the average coaching lifespan these days like oh three years goodness, something so like he's that, about yeah. eight times what a normal coaching normal, lifespan is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, teams digress. will be lined up to hire him. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, yep, absolutely. He's uh, one of the few parts of the Bill Belichick coaching tree that's successful. All right, we're gonna do a couple of live reads here. Yeah. Come back and do a few things. Field, I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna I'll let you do a live first. read. That's yeah, right. And then I'll go call Greeny and see what they want. <laughs> I'll report back, and you guys can talk about the other players that I didn't bring up. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Yes. Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place. Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with award-winning Geico Mobile with the award-winning uh, Geico Mobile app. Um, see how easy insurance can be and go to Geico. 
Com. All right, Green needs to report it back. He needs it to be between 11.45 and 11.53. Oof. All right, so we'll figure it out. Okay, Yikes. we'll see what we can do. Hey, do you guys smell that? That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season. So block off your Saturday. Swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Also, guys, Traeger is awesome. Let me tell you why. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Making all your watch party favorites on the Traeger Ironwood XL Grill and Smoker and football. You can serve up wood-fired flavor every time with consistent cooking, and the intuitive touchscreen makes it easy to control the temperature, which stays steady. So you can keep your mind on the score, not on the temperature. And trust me, when your favorite team is on, that is going to come in pretty clutch. Traeger is all about versatile cooking. You can grill, smoke, roast, or bake, which means you can grill some burgers, smoke some pork butt, roast some veggies, or even bake a pie. You heard right. Desserts can be done on a Traeger as well. Mm. With Wi-Fi technology, you can be in the kitchen, kitchen prepping some side dishes or on the couch watching the game while everything is cooking for your game day party by controlling your Traeger from anywhere with the easy-to-use app. And when you're done cooking everything for the game, cleanup is super easy with the accessible Easily accessible, easy clean grease and ash keg. So don't wait. Upgrade your Saturday with the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You make right. sausage on that grill? I'll bet you could do some sausage on that grill, you Mike. Know I like sausage. I know you're a big sausage guy. That's me. All right, let's dive and talk about a couple more players. I'm going to talk about Jake Ferguson. All uh-huh. right, let's do, do you guys it. mind if we do that? It's 11:47 is a new target time, so we're We got this, people. Is this uh, Dalton Schultz Jr.? I think that's what this is. Yeah, it might be. Part of this is you got a couple of situations at the tight end position, right? Travis Kelsey's on a bye. Darren Waller's on IR. Dallas Goddard. I don't know if he's officially gone on IR yet, but he's a fractured forearm. So we're not not yet. No need to because they're on the bye. Okay. So there you go. So that means we're looking for a new tight end in order to put in our top 10. And we've seen some stuff from Jake Ferguson the last couple of weeks. He is the second most fantasy points amongst tight ends over the last two weeks, which just so happens to coincide with the way that Dak Prescott has looked fantastic mm-hmm. here in week 10 with how bad the tight end position is. We're looking for guys that have one, a pulse and two are getting volume. He's got both of them. So I am in on Jake Ferguson as a top 10 tight end, given the state of the position. I'm with you. Well I have him, said right there. Yeah, I have him ninth, five, uh, five top 12 weeks this season. So he's been usable. Uh, pretty much all year long. Two straight top tens had a touchdown in both of those games you just talked about. And coming off a game with a career-high 10 targets, the Giants have been pretty good against tight ends. Third fewest fantasy points allowed. I'm not too worried about that just because the off the Giants offense has been so good and the like oh, lost power. Out again. <laughs> the second time we've had a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl moment. That's yeah. amazing. Wait, Daniel, Mike, yeah. You know, uh, Daniel, keep your can you can you not take oh, your sorry, shirt off, guys? I, took, okay. uh, right. I thought when the shirt lights came on. out, this is actually the best part. On. I hope that Jackson gets a couple of videos of us <laughs> in the dark right <laughs> now, <laughs> being like, "Oh well, um, <laughs> a rave. Let's go." Hey, uh, I want to anyway, ask you. Yeah, start. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, let's so, Ferguson. Uh, by the way, I just have to note that there's really nothing sadder as the lights come back on in our Be studio. Back. Yes. I woke up this morning, and you know, obviously, we had ra- waivers run last night, so you didn't know exactly what the projections would look like until you get to fill in some gaps. Yep. 
My Travis Kelsey lineups look so sad this oh, morning. Oh, that's tough. When I saw the projected number. Yeah. yeah. You like, lose that 22 like points. 40, <laughs> like 42 points yeah. for one team. Like that feels too low. It's like my Christian McCaffrey team. Same thing. Yes. Yeah. Last week. Oh my God. That's yeah. tough. That is um, really tough. Field. Sam Howell. Yes. That's what I was. Okay. Yeah, so let's do it. I, I was just going to say this. When you look at this offense, you look at the idea that we're on week 10, right? You got buys yeah. for Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tungavailoa. And Jalen Hurts, which means you need to find another quarterback potentially. You do. And Sam Howell, so very much on the streaming radar for this week. And let's start here. I'll get into the numbers in a second. Eye test continues to be very positive for Sam Howell. Yeah, he I was going to say, is really he a good. streamer anymore? Or is he just, just a be starter? A starter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he looks really good. Happy for the kid. And uh, the commanders obviously are going a different direction right now after trading for both a second and third round pick, moving off of Ch- uh, Chase Young and, jo- and Josh Sweat, Montez Sweat, excuse me. Um, so they might be thinking future and like youth movement, but mm-hmm. Sam Howell could very much thread that needle of like being good enough to know that you know that he's a thing, but also young enough where you can build around him going forward. Yeah. Yep. Numerically, there are some good things as well. Back to back to back games with at least 40 passing attempts. Mm-hmm. So tons of volume here for Sam Howell, which I'm not sure if that's because they can't run the football that effectively. If it's just the way that Eric Bieniemy wants to play call, mm-hmm. if it's game script, whatever you want to call it, but it's been a thing for the past three weeks. Moreover, he plays against the Seahawks this weekend. And if you look at the raw numbers, you think to yourself, like, what kind of matchup is this? Is it middle of the pack or not? And then you look a little bit deeper and you look at four of the quarterbacks they've played this this season, Seattle, Bryce Young, Daniel Jones, Josh Dobbs, PJ Walker. Yeah. None of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Yes. Right. Against the four quarterbacks that I would say are average or above average. In this case, all of them, I think, are above average. Week one, Matthew Stafford, 334 passing yards. Week two, Jared Goff, 323 passing yards, three touchdowns. Lamar this past weekend had only 187 passing yards. That was a game script thing. They were yeah, blowing they them out. He yeah. also was 21 of 26, so yeah. completed about 80% <laughs> of his passes. He was awesome. Joe Burrow had 185 passing yards and two touchdowns. That was also earlier in the season in which Joe Burrow was still overcoming the calf issues that seemed to be a Joe thing Burrow. of the past. So yeah. I don't know if this matchup is as scary as, not that the raw number suggests it's super scary, but it doesn't feel that scary to me. And now he has five top 11 finishes this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> you're right. The Seahawks are tricky because they were missing Reek Woolen and yeah. Weatherspoon open the yep. season who's been awesome. Another gem cornerback. Fine. Total gem. Yep. Uh, they got healthy and they were playing well, but the schedule was easy. So you weren't sure what to expect. And then they just got crushed. By the way, remember Seattle? This is why relying too much on defensive matchups is, is tricky because remember, you're like, they've allowed the lowest yards per carry to running backs. Yep. That's been the case uh, for a few weeks now. Yeah. They're like mid-pack now. Yeah, they're literally mid-pack week. in terms of... Yeah, yep. they just get back one to back game, to back getting games over. of getting... Yeah, the Browns, when yep. they had P.J. Mm-hmm. Walker, ran really well. The Ravens, of course, ran well last week. Yeah, so. all, all the running backs. So uh, I'm with you. By the way, Howell, just to reinforce what you're saying, number one at quarterback in dropbacks, pass attempts, completions, expected passing touchdowns, interceptions, and sacks. Pretty good. Wow. Uh, I mean, some of them are good. Some of the them sacks are not, part like, not so good, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah, so is. much volume. Totally. That's part of why the sacks are so high in the interceptions. But uh, yeah. And by the way, fifth best completion percentage over expected. So he's been effective as well. It's not just volume, not even running as much as we thought. Yeah. Just it's a lot of pass volume. And he looks like he might be, uh, I want to say a superstar, but a competent starter. Yeah. Good enough that if they do have a top 10 pick or top 15 pick this year. And, you know, as we all, as we always know, or as we often know, like typically if a quarterback makes it to pick 15, it's probably not like a no doubt about it prospect, Mm -hmm. but maybe the commanders say, 
rather than trying to package some of those draft picks that we now have to move up in the draft, we just stand pat and just build around Sam Howell yep. going forward. I think I that's like what that. they will do. Yeah. Yep. I was listening to David Presley while you were talking about this field, so okay. I apologize. But uh, did, as a part of this, did you talk about how you're expecting because this defense has gotten worse that they're going to have to continue to throw because teams are going to score oh, against yeah. them. They already have. That's so definitely been a thing. That's totally. been, yep. that's been yep. where it's at. I think it's going to continue there. Field, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Mike, let's talk about Geno Smith. I'm going to call Greeny. You guys got this for yeah, five we'll, minutes? We got it. We'll we down. Enjoy yourself. We see, where, we, see, we see where your priorities are. It's fine. No big deal. No big deal. All right. So let's talk about Geno Smith, Mike Clay. All right, let's do it. Uh, the question here is, can we stream him this week? A week we need a quarterback, you yep. know, we need some streamers uh, because he has not been streamable all season. No. He's been really poor. Last year, 17.9 fantasy points per game, 12.3 this season. Yikes. Daniel, he is one weekly finish better than 17th. And it was all the way back in week two, 17th. He's not even like startable in 16 team leagues this season. So the question is they're playing Washington, third most fantasy points to quarterback, seven consecutive top 10 fantasy weeks allowed prior to Mac Jones disappointing last week. Uh, I think the answer is maybe I have him 14th. So if you're in a tough spot and your quarterback's on a bye, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is an option this week. And I think part of his problem has been Ken Walker scores like every game. Yeah. Kind of stealed a little bit of the fantasy production, but he's certainly taken a step back from last week. I asked you coming into this season and I was trying to find this answer from stats and info. One of my concerns was Geno Smith was awesome last year, an incredible comeback player. Mm -hmm. Right. But how often do we see a guy basically not be a, a good football player for almost a decade. Yeah. And then they come on and all of a sudden just blow everybody out of the water and then continue that as a plus 30 year old player. I've never seen that before. And it hasn't really transpired that way for Geno Smith. He's kind of fallen back into that line, which is where guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are not disappointing necessarily because they're still getting production, but it's not the production that you had thought you were going to get coming into this season. They're not as bad as some guys, but I definitely understand if you're like, man, my Seahawks pass catchers and quarterback situation is just not what I thought it was Mm going to be this year. Yeah. And this is why Geno Smith finished top five in fantasy points last year. And we ranked him like 15th, 16th, 17th this (laughs) season uh, because we were, we were suspect of it, right? We were like, can he do this again? I don't know. Some of it too was like, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Like survivorship bias last year too. Sure. Like he played in every game and that's why his fantasy point total was so high, but he, he was effective. I mean, he was like a top five in QBR last year. He was playing well. He was productive in fantasy for the most part at worst, like a back in QB one, but it is certain. He's certainly come back to earth this week, a but again, bit. I think if you're in a tough spot, he's out there. You're going to see his fantasy point total. It's not very good, but this matchup against Washington sets him up as a streamer. All right. I think we're going to dive into some YouTube questions, Mike Clay, if that's Ooh, all right with you. Our rankings are in a pretty right. good spot. Go check them out. They're available right now on ESPN.com. Our rankings are up for you to be able to see ahead of the Thursday night football mm-hmm. game. We got a couple of questions from our YouTube chat, though. Mike, first one comes from Delani Bland. Says, is CJ Stroud a sell high? I have Kyler Murray. Wow. That's a good question because his most recent game was... His best by far, like he, I don't like think historically he had, best by far. Yeah, yeah, yes. <clears throat> so I think the answer is if someone's treating him like a top five quarterback and you can get that value back. Yes. I actually traded him before this last game because I had Jalen Hurts and turned him into T Higgins, which I'm, I'm happy with. Um, but yeah, I think you can certainly explore. It also depends on your other quarterback situation. Kyler like, Murray. If, oh, if you Kyler, Kyler Murray yeah, is yeah, the yeah. other quarterback, I don't feel I'd confident wait a week. starting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would use Stroud this week and then reevaluate based yep. on what we see from Kyler. If Kyler just doesn't run at all, I mean, that'll change at some point. But if he's not going to run for three weeks, four weeks, very much, 
that might concern me a little bit. Can and you imagine? The lights are going out again. I was just saying, we, we just, might lose him. No, was, I think we got him. It's a spotlight this time. Yeah, That's so, why. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think his value is probably at its peak for the season. Yeah. Um, but not he, he's he's not a guy you have to force it on because their offensive EPA is really good. Like this, we sort of saw coming. Yes. They were playing well offensively. The touchdowns just weren't there. A lot of field goals that changed last week. So I think he'll be a QB one going forward, but not necessarily an elite performer. I feel more confident in CJ Stroud than I do Kyler Murray, which is part of why I'm with you. I need to wait and see yeah. what Kyler looks like before I make the decision to move on from CJ. Yeah, Kyler's so lying. interesting, right? I mean, he's been top 12 every season of his career. He's always going to get you 400 plus rushing yards. He, he was fifth last year and he wasn't efficient last year. Like that offense was struggling. He yes. was still fifth in fantasy points per game. So I'm optimistic about him once he's back to full health, but I do worry about him not running much because we've seen that before with these guys. We that have. have to hang in the pocket. Justin Herbert last year, Joe Burrow uh, two years ago. They're not the same kind of player as Kyler, but you take away that rushing. Right. It's a different story. And how fantasy. often how often does Stefania talk about there's a difference between we say it all the time, return to play and return to performance. And we can see Kyler Murray get back out there, but like to see him be the Kyler Murray mm-hmm. that you're you're comfortable enough to trade away CJ Stroud to be like, yep, Kyler Murray is going to lead my team into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that you feel confident in that before I need you to move s- off. Yeah, I need to see that first scramble. Yes. I yes, see exactly. First, I need to see him take off and run for 18 yards. Then I'll be like, all right, we're in. We're good. All right. This one comes from Kingslayer94. Should I bench T. Higgins or Chris Olave? Or would you play Sam or Sam Laporta? Sorry, I read, I read this question wrong. Should I bench T. Higgins, Olave, or Sam Laporta for Taysom Hill this week? No. Taysom Hill is at least a conversation, like finally in fantasy, but I'm with you. I don't want to bench any of those guys for Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill is usable here in week 10. Yeah. I mean, T, T. Higgins is coming off a bounce back game. He's healthy now. Chris Olave. The offense is playing good. Billion targets. Still. Olave's getting the targets and he's just a solid presence. He's, but you know, he hasn't had the ceiling we hope for, but he's been fine. That offense is scoring passing touchdowns. Uh, and Laporta, I mean, we, you know, he could make a case he's a number one tight end this week. He's or, been and, great. Him and, and T.J. Hill is like top ten. Yeah. So uh, we, you know, we've talked about this and Taysom Hill's role now. If this continues, which maybe it won't, but if I think it, it can, if it continues, it's enough for him to be a serviceable fantasy starter. His role before was like you just had to hope you had a goal line carry. <laughs> yeah. You know, you had to get that touchdown. Now he's getting a, a pass or two. He's getting a handful of carries. Yep. And he's getting three, four, five targets. Yep. And if that continues, he can be a fantasy starter at tight end. By the time you put all that together, yeah. and like it feels it's like unique, you're, but it works. You're there. Yeah. yeah. Field Jates finally back. I'm back. Yeah. How's that, that go, Field? Uh, Greeny wants to know, and this is just like, this is actually kind of one of my favorite parts about fantasy, is that he is convinced that if he plays Josh Jacobs on Sunday against his own Jets, that he might be incurring too much mojo for Josh Jacobs and that Josh would have a great game and it might cost his Jets. I tried to make the exact opposite argument. I said, Greeny, you win both ways. If Josh Jacobs goes crazy on Sunday night, your fantasy team does well. If Josh Jacobs has, you know, quiet as a church mouse kind of night on Sunday night, the Jets probably win the game. He was... I would I would say more convinced, but not totally convinced by the end of the conversation. I got to tell you, I appreciate this greenie letting everybody yeah. know it's an emotional thing. This game of fantasy. This is what people do. They start having these questions. They're like, what do I do with this situation? So like, what, what would he do? Is he benching, like playing Michael Carter over? Uh, it was Latavius Murray. <laughs> oh, uh, was the other okay. option. One more. Uh, I would say not particularly inspiring option. I can't remember who it was besides Latavius Murray, but it was start not Josh like Jacobs. it's like Josh Jacobs is being benched for like 
Alexander Madison. It was like Josh Jacobs being benched for like again Kenny Gainwell or Latavius Murray, yes, well, I guess, something like that. Yeah, some of the funny thing about Kenny fantasy Gainwell. though is like it, Jacobs is obviously the play, and yeah. Latavius Murray is absolutely going to score two touchdowns and outscore him. Like correct. No, that's just the way it goes. This is what people do every single week. We don't think about it. You guys don't think about it this way, but like people no, we are do. so emotional oh, about this. Oh, I do. You get text messages from people. All the time, field being like, should I start this guy or should I start this random scrub that has, oh, has yeah. done something? No, we all do. It's bad. I mean, have I had some weeks where like I won the week prior and then I happen to recall that like during Thursday night football, I was wearing a particular rowback hoodie and put that and same put that one back, back on. on. Yeah, That's I have. Right. Am I proud of that. that? Not necessarily. Yeah. I used to do that with when I was really into basketball. There was a time. There was like no, a couple no years way. where I watched like every Sixers game. This was like peak Iverson when yeah. they got Matumbo. Yeah. Back then, I used to have this the weird thing where I'd, days. I'd watch, you know, Mark Zumoff and, and the mayor and like Steve Mix call the games. Yeah. And like if the Sixers were playing bad, I would have to flip the channel. Of course. Until like the volume came back on for the next and then flip it back. Oh, I mean, of like, course. And then I, I got older. Now I just can't. Change now, the now batteries. I just oh, yeah. yeah all like, that stuff. Now ridiculous. I don't. Now yeah. I'm just like, this doesn't matter. Like, why are we talking Correlation about Correlation causation. Yeah. I used to be guilty of that. That's amazing. All right, we got a couple more questions here from Twitter. That's what we came to. Field, we're taking a bunch of questions. Sorry, from our YouTube and Twitter uh, handles. Yeah, let's do it. This one comes from Garrett. Got offered DeAndre Swift for Tony Pollard. Do Ooh. I take it? Oh, God, I'm not Here's the question. To this is a tough one. First of all, Pollard's like, I think he's going to be better. I mean, the schedule's yep. lightening up for him, which Swift's is nice. on a bye this week as well. Swift so he's on a bye this week. At least one week of no utility. Pollard's already had his bye, correct? Yeah. Uh, and also, here's what's your confidence level in Swift's holding up the rest of the season? Like this in is just not terms of like durability. Um, you know something, Mike? He's never been this durable. I'd like yeah. to tell you that I have some like great feel on it, but truthfully, like I don't have any feel on guys. I think that's the correct answer. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. Yeah, it's back to like what we've talked about. You know, yeah. like the idea of predicting stuff. Um, oh man, I think I'd hold Tony Pollard, and I'm like the anti Tony Pollard are. guy in this I show. Agree. Right? I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I, there's a part of me with DeAndre Swift, in spite of how good he's been, I'm waiting for, un, uh, like, I'm waiting to see if something happens because yeah. the injury pug always caught him in Detroit. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. it doesn't. I never, you never want to root for injuries. I'd love to see him play a full 17 games. That would be incredible. It's amazing he, to me that he made it to week 10 with his bye, has not gotten hurt yet, and now we're at a spot where he can continue to move forward. I'm still on the 20 By the way, that tar targets haven't been great for yeah. him lately. Carries have been, but their next month is horrific. Like their schedule is really tough. Kansas they City, might be throwing Buffalo, more, and if the they're pushing Eagles, it down, yeah, yeah, they're pushing it downfield. You know, they don't necessarily dump it off a lot. Does Jalen so, hurt? So, yeah, I feel better about Pollard. Okay, a couple of things here, too, by the way. Um, Garrett, thank you. You know why? These are the kind of fantasy trades that I actually enjoy thinking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. So often, some there, there are two that I just can't handle. One will be like, yeah, so uh, someone wants to trade. Um, they want my Christian McCaffrey, in, and they, they want um, Keaton Mitchell, um, and they want Jake Ferguson, and they want Sam Howell. It's like, no. Like, three reasonable parts do not make one elite part. That's not how fantasy football mm -hmm. works. Or the ones were like, all right, so I give my Travis Kelsey plus my Travis Etienne, plus my Michael Pittman Jr. in exchange for their Mark Andrews, yeah. <laughs> plus Alvin Kamara, plus DK Metcalf. And I'm like, are you just reshuffling the deck yeah, here? It's the same players. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. You, if, you, if you want to, go for it. Like, but mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm supposed to have a strong opinion on that. So thank you, Garrett, for a legitimately difficult 
trade question to answer because it's a fair one both sides. Yeah. By the way, shout out to my veterans league. We had like a it was like the trade deadline yesterday. Really? Really? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't actually our trade deadline, but it no, was it a ton yeah, a lot of, of trades That's one awesome. after the other, and they were some really good deals, like teams that it made sense, like trade one for two. Like yep. I have to fill. You know, I can need a running back and receiver. This guy. Trades a superior receiver to get yeah. a lesser, like a Nico Collins, and then a good running back. There's some good deals that went down. I, I'm not part of it yet. I'm trying. I needed yeah. a number two running back, but uh, it's, it was awesome yesterday. We're going to share a lot more on the Veterans Leagues on Veterans Day next week, by the way. So stick around for that show. And uh, I made a trade the beginning of the season, or t- towards the beginning of the season, that at the time looked completely chemically balanced. It was the day before DJ Moore had his 49 point <laughs> performance. I got DJ Moore and George Kittle and somebody else in exchange for like two or three, like pretty good players. Oh, Pat Frymouth was going that way. This is when George Kittle was really struggling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Frymouth gets hurt the following day. Moore goes off for 49 oh, points. Man. So that no one trades way. with yeah. me in the veterans league anymore. <laughs> makes and sense. Makes sense. my team, Justin Jefferson, David Montgomery, JK Dobbins, and somebody no. else who just got hurt for the season. I've lost four straight. My team is done. Toast. Bye bye. That's brutal. Yeah. That My most brutal. hopeless team in fantasy this year. I'm hanging in there, but we have some good teams now. We do. After, after these trades, yeah, we there's do. some powerhouse. Especially teams, in a 16 so. team league, it is yeah. tough. All, All right. We got stuff. one yeah. more question here okay. for okay. today. It comes from Daniel Caps Keenan. Wants to know Tyler Lockett or Jordan Addison? Ooh. Man, matchup is much better for Addison because of the fact that his, his hmm. oh, sorry, that for uh, for Lockett, for they are Lockett. the commanders, um, and just because you, know, you have a little bit more faith in the in the quarterback, right? Whereas Minnesota gets New Orleans, Josh Dobbs first start, like Jobs Dobbs was awesome last week, but has been up and down this season. <sighs> better matchup is Tyler Lockett. I don't yeah. even know who I have ranked higher. Better like, player so be far close. this season is Addison. Yeah, yeah. that's a close. To yeah, a I think right I probably have Addison slightly ahead, but that's got to be close. I'll tell yeah. you right now as yeah, I look it do. up. Yeah, I could be totally wrong. Because <laughs> it's tough coming out of what you saw from Josh Dobbs. How much confidence did that Josh Dobbs performance give you in this passing game versus? I don't know how to like. I don't think that's going to happen every single week. That's just an awesome story, and I'm excited well, about it. Well, it's interesting about Dobbs is when he was in Arizona, he supported fantasy relevance from the tight end position as a whole. It was like two guys soaking them all up, but even Zach Ertz is hanging on the tight end one radar. And one receiver, Marquise Brown. Yep. So can you do that with Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson? I think so. I do. So I think they're both, and that's, that's what he said last week. I think they're both uh, starters, and that's really all you're touching in this offense. Is, you know, In terms of pass catchers, obviously Madison as well. We we all we I want to make sure this is right. We all have Tyler Lockett ahead of Jordan Addison. Tyler Lockett huh. is wide receiver twenty two consensus. Jordan Addison is wide receiver twenty seven consensus. Oh wow, okay. a little lower than I would have thought. So yeah, yeah. all right. So, well, again, good matchup did boost Lockett up there a little higher than I thought. Did, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, close one though. Hey, this Same was a cheer, you know fun show. Other than the fact that Field just straight up left know, us in the I, middle of it. First time I think I've left the show. I was in waiting a long to see time. if he was yeah. going to come back or if I was going to have to. I thought about just you know what. Get, let's get our start on the rest of the yeah. day, but I missed right, you guys. Yeah, early. who knows? Yeah. Maybe next week, like Scott Van Pelt wants him, he'll just take off. Like, oh, who knows? Hey, you never know. You know I see where we file night, in here so. in the yeah. priority order. No, no, trust me. I mean, like that was <laughs> very much a, like a, like that was a calculated decision <laughs> to leave. But yeah, thanks for being patient with me. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Come back tomorrow. Field and I are talking Thursday night football. We're going to do we our week ten preview part one. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You deserve it. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. I mean, I wasn't patient. I was a little angry. I know, but I yeah. came at you guys a couple times too about the Devonte thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're about really that. angry about that. I, I feel like if he I goes off, Devonte to be wide receiver one more than anything I else. I do this too. Week. That's yeah, why I'm ranking him so low. I'm okay, trying to well speak then, it into existence. All right, well field. then I'll give you credit if you do. Thank you. All right, you deserve thank it you for that. All right, let's do it.
secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.